I, I, I maybe I did play it just a little bit too much. Oh, Judas Priest! <laughs> you won't hear us playing Judas Priest, but you will be hearing an entertaining sports show with myself, Frank, and David the Man of God Harris on WSUT's After Further Review, airing Saturdays 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. and throughout the week with our replay 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. on Toledo's only alternative in your on campus radio station, 88.3 WXUT. After further review, as this is one of Frank's favorite songs. Do not listen to him. He is selling you snake oil. We don't sell snake oil, but we provide an entertaining and thought-provoking sports show on 88.3 WXUT. Saturdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And sometimes we provide a life lesson. Ain't that right, Frank? Life lesson, my ass. Don't be a hater. And tune in to AFR Saturday mornings, 11 to 1 on WXUT. Welcome back to 88.3 WCTs. After further review, we got David the Man of God Harris on the phone lines. We just did the AFC West preview for NFL football. Now we're about to do the NFC West preview. Now a recap from the AFC West. We've got the Denver Broncos being at 5-12, and 12, even though they got Russell Wilson down there. 7-10 and 10 for the Vegas Raiders. Then it jumps 14-3 and 3 with the, the Los Angeles Chargers. And then it took me a few years to actually get used to that same Los Angeles Chargers. I'm so used to San Diego. But it took about three or four years to get me used to that. And then he's got the Chiefs being 16-1, and which almost sounds like they probably have the best record overall in the actual league. Is it going to be the same way over there in the NFC, David? What say ye, as Frank Vashner usually says? Yeah, well, there's definitely going to be some disparity. But, yeah, it's... The good teams are going to be good, and the crap teams are going to be crap. And I know this is probably going to come as a surprise, but as last year, I think the Arizona Cardinals are going to be crap. Oh, wait, that's right. Didn't last year you pick them to be last? I did. And then for a while, they were like, oh, we're actually going to be good. We're going to play confident offense. And then they were undefeated. That is right. I remember that. Yeah, and and yet they still didn't. They went as far in the playoffs as a lot of other teams that were first round exits. If they even made it, I don't even think they made the playoffs. I have to go back. Either way, they sunk up the joint, and it goes back to that whole organization. It's the Cliff Kingsbury Kyler Murray kind of combination that everything is built around Cliff Kingsbury being the coach and Kyler Murray being the quarterback. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Um, actually, the uh, Cardinals got second. They were 11-6 and six behind the Rams, and they did make the playoffs. They did. Yeah, but they, did, they didn't make it to the championship game, which is you know, the wait, ultimate wait, wait, goal. Wait, wait, of... But the thing is, though, David, you picked them last. You picked them last. Yeah, and they looked like they looked like a team that was middle-of-the-road mediocre and thinking – Honestly, not, no one expected the implosion of Seattle and kind of the up-and-down year that San Francisco had. But, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. like, you know, day clock is right twice a day, that kind of thing. But, yeah, think about the Cardinals. And I'll just be honest. I don't think Cliff Kingsbury is going to last the rest of the season. Like, I, he's not going to finish the season as the head coach. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just too many questions. There's just too much controversy. I'll get to Kyler Murray in a second with that whole scenario because we were on break. So didn't get a chance to talk about that hilarity. But, yeah, it's just... I think this team is so built around the way that the team is playing with Kyler Murray at quarterback that any change... Is I don't know if it's going to be a rebuild or if they're going to like take because like it like they've had yes yeah, slow progression all the years that Cliff Kingsbury is in has been in but it seems like the offense really hasn't you know lit up the sky in a way 
But but David, weren't they undefeated to like week eleven or twelve? Yeah, I mean they were undefeated. They started, you know, seven zero for the first time. I'm just asking because somewhat it seemed like you're kind of hating on them because I remember you said they were just going to be an abomination last year. I think what did you only pick them like to win two or three games? They went eleven and six. Yeah, did the did the did the bottom fall out toward the end of the year? Yeah, um, but but then I think they also had a few injuries as well, though, David, too. And and like I said, at the end of the year. Not teams are going to be as hot as they were in September as they're going into de- December. But then again, though, you really—I mean—they made the playoffs and everything. I—I I think you really—you stunk up on that pick. You went—that that was a bad pick. Well, I mean, but it, looking at their schedule last year, yes, you know they went seven and zero to start the season, mm-hmm. and then after that, like yes, they so they beat they lost to Green Bay week eight. Won San Francisco Week 9, lost to Carolina, got embarrassed by Carolina Week 10, beat Seattle, and then by a week, and then they beat the, you know, beat the Bears, which, I mean, we could beat the Bears. Yeah, the and Bears are very good. And then after that Bears win, when they were 10-2, and two, they won, they went 1-4 and four the rest of the season, and the one that they had was at Dallas, and that was a, you know, cluster, you know. True, true. So, I mean... Like when I when I say that like there's this spread this gap between whether you're good or whether they're bad like good teams like you carry that momentum like through the bye week to kind of have the trajectory now in the playoffs they obviously went up against the Rams and the Rams we know what happened but it just seemed like there wasn't that that umph. Like they lost to the Lions last year, and like when they're in in the midst of that playoff push, like like I I just don't trust them, and it's even made worse by the whole Kyler Murray doesn't think he needs to study, and so they had to put in a contract that hey four hours of film. But they took extra. it out though, David. They took it out, and I and I yeah, I mean because I, of the public I, because literally former players were like. What the bleep is this? Like you, this is your job. No, but but Kyler Murray made a good statement saying, well, "Do you think I really got here without studying film?" I mean, come on, he's five foot eight quarterback. He's not just doing it all pure athleticism. He's got to put some time and work into his craft. I, I don't. Yeah, but- I, that 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 also. I I think the problem here is that the organization is, but. Arizona's always been they've had some good years with Kurt Warner and they've had talent but it shows you as an organization because something sounds fishy to me with this whole clause in there to me was it to smear Kyler I mean the whole offseason was nothing but back and forth childishness where he took them off his Instagram and this and that and the, the organization going back and forth. It seems like there's bad blood between the organization and Kyler Murray as it is and I think that was leaked some they leaked that for a reason i think that was to make kyler murray look bad because i just can't believe he's not putting some time you know we we've known what happened when people don't put any time into their crap you know jamarcus russell is one of those guys where they said you know they gave him a fake video a blank video and asked him to watch and he said he did and they were like but the video was blank and they knew he didn't watch film so i don't know i don't really believe in all that well i mean like, but like he was the one that that lifted up the earlier thing about you know saying that he wasn't one of those guys that's going to sit there and kill himself watching film. Like he's like he says like he was the one that lifted up about you know I watch every game because in my head I see so much so he's a doesn't have to do the film. Mm-hmm. But I think for me, just the intentionality and a couple of former players said it kind of won the mothership. Like for them to even even before they took it out, for them to put it in. That shows a level of you're not taking your craft seriously to the point to where they even have to think about that. Right. Like, like, like you just don't have like in a contract renegotiation or trying to get an extension. Like, oh, just you know, for you know, poops and giggles, we're going to throw in like this extra incentive where there's money tied to oh, watching four more hours of film. Like as like as a professional, you should be wanting to watch film to get better. Like I guarantee that 
If you look at a Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow, there's no contracts or incentives with them about watching more film. You know, going back in the clock, there probably wasn't anything like that for, you know, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, like, like Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, like the greats at the game because they want to get better. And even if it means, you know, watching and staying late to watch film, working on your craft just to get that little advantage. Because as we've seen with Tyler Murray's game, when the play breaks down, he doesn't know what to do. Like, there, he's running around back. Like, he's not Patrick Mahomes where he can, you know, throw the ball behind the back 15, 20 yards downfield. Like, and listening to a lot of the Arizona Cardinals games, he's running around and then either taking a sack or making a questionable throw where it's a 50-50, either it's an incompletion, completion, interception. You just don't know what's happening. So I think kind of thinking about the Kyler Furry, Kyler Murray thing, like to him it might be disrespectful, but I think it's disrespectful to everyone in the locker room to think that you're not putting in the work for like to get better, knowing that this team is basically built around you. Like Cliff Kingsbury wanted you, like, like you are the guy. So I don't know. It's just it got a lot of flack, and I understand the position that you're saying. I understand the position that former players are saying on both sides. But yeah, it's just. Well, here here's the thing, and and I like I said I. And I, I looked this up, actually, because, you know, we've been, we've been talking about this a little bit too long, a little bit. Um, but I, I would say this. Um, here we go. I, I'm, I'm going to. Actually, let's let's actually look into this and see um, what Kyler Murray actually said. We'll, we'll go with that right here. We'll, we'll do this right here. We're going to bring up what Kyler Murray actually said, um, to this. Well, actually I'll, I'll, I'll preface this first. What actually happened was here. Murray officially signed. This is off of NFL.com. Murray officially signed his 230.5 million extension on Monday. They included a stipulation requiring the QB to compete at least complete at least four hours of independent study during game weeks. Obviously, they ended up getting rid of that. Uh, it went on to state Murray would not receive credit for the independent study if he was not personally studying or watching the material while it is being displayed or played, or if the player is involved in activities that could distract his attention, i.e., or for example, television, video games, or surfing the Internet. Um, he ended up having a impromptu news conference and this is what he had to say it's not um that doesn't need to be questioned film and you know of course we all watch film let's not um that doesn't need to be questioned um but it's again i you know i i refuse to to let my work ethic my preparation be um being questioned you know i've put an incomprehensible amount of uh time and and blood, sweat, tears, and work into what I do, uh, whether, whether it's football or baseball. You know, people can't even comprehend the amount of time that it takes to, to do two sports at a high level in college, you know, let alone do it, you know, be the first person to do it ever at, at my size. It's, like I said, this is um, it's funny, but, I, you know, to, to those of you out there that believe that I'd be standing here today in front of you all without having a work ethic and without preparing, I'm, I'm honored that you think that, but... Um, it doesn't exist. It's not. It's not possible. Like he said, it's not possible. David, your thoughts? No, and I understand. Like obviously, like to be a professional football player, you have to like, like do the thing. Like you have to do the like the small things, especially at his size, where you're having to do that much more to compete at this highest of high levels to be part of the point. Zero 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 one percent of the one percent that actually be, can be able to play in the National Football League and be a starting quarterback. My thing is that, as you explained, kind of as the contract language is talking about, four hours of independent study that was required, and he can't get like get credit if he's engaged 
in any activity that may distract us. Like, like as you're looking at that, like that reads to me of like high, like something that you would put in for a high school or college kid. Like you can't watch film independently and play video games or browsing the internet. Like if this is your job, like and that's a requirement, not a suggestion with this independent study thing that was kind of added in the contract language. Like that like that's what stands out as part of this thing. And the reason why they took it out was, you know, the PR thing. I'm not saying that he doesn't have work ethic because you need to have work ethic to comp- um, compete in this league and stay in this league for the long term. I just think it just raises a lot of flags that the people that are in charge of your money and your paycheck in this organization have to say you probably need to do a little bit more during the season, you know, to get that much better. That that's that was just my red flag. That's just the thing that stood out to me. Yeah, and they said, you know, Michael Rappaport reported that Bidwell and the team wanted some insurances that Murray's going to continue to work and continue to perform at the level that is necessary and the kind of level that deserves that contract. It, maybe it was a funny ha-ha. Maybe it was a, you know, hey, we're going to give you this money, but here's the stipulation. But then again, though, it's Bidwell in the Cardinals. So they The Cardinals have been up and up. Yeah, I know they've gone to a Super Bowl, but historically the Cardinals have been bad. And part of it is, man, we've talked about it on the show. A lot of teams that have been bad, there's a main reason. It's not always the players. It's not always the coaches. It's the culture created upstairs. And normally the Cardinals have had rocky upstairs ownership, basically. Um, the the team didn't think the addendum was perceived in a manner that wasn't intended. It's most certainly caused a stir that was not anticipated either. So with that being said, and us rambling on about Kyler Murray uh, a little bit too long, maybe, but still interesting stuff. Where do you think the Cardinals going to end up at? Because last year you picked them almost dead last, and they ended up making the playoffs and got second. But mind you, behind one game behind the Super Bowl champion, L.A. Rams. Uh, David, what say ye? Well, New Year, unfortunately, same prediction. I think that they're going to. Again, finished dead last. I think there's going to be a change in head coaching. There's going to be some. There's going to be friction. There's going to be a lot of. It's going to get brought up during the season, and it's going to become something that I think will ruffle some feathers. I think injuries are going to play a part, and I think even though Christian Kirk did not deserve the money that he got, it's still going to be a big piece because of that connectivity that he had with Kyler Murray. See all of that to say, five and twelve. All right, and they went 5-12, and 12, but maybe they'll go different than your prediction like you did, and um, they'll probably end up second place again. I, I probably, hey, the way you, you picked them, I think they're going to go in the opposite direction. So, yeah, I think they'll get second place again. But you say 5-12. and 12. Moving on, keep going. Another team with not as many questions or controversy, but still a lot of Questions to be asked at the quarterback position, the Seattle Sea Chickens. Losing Russell Wilson's big. Mm-hmm. Like, they have all the other pieces, but, like, he was the face of the franchise. So the last, minute, wait a minute. So really Russell, hold out from the Legion of Boom era. Wait a minute, David. So, Russell Wilson leaves the Seahawks, who they, they were really getting cooked like some sea chickens. He goes to Denver. They, he's, his, team, his new team is going to do worse than the team he just left? Explain that because, one. Because in the AS, like going to the AFC West is tough. Like that's going right. from like middle tier. Like in the NFC West, it's LA Rams, San Francisco 49ers, and then everyone else. Mm-hmm. Like if you're going to the AFC West, like all, like I know in the predictions, I have a Chiefs and Chargers as the class of the division, but we know the Raiders are known to ruffling feathers. Mm-hmm. Like we know, Denver is, you know, privy to trying to steal one from either the Chargers, the Ravens, or the Chiefs. We know that that's going to be competitive. I think going to a harder division, even though it's not as physical as the NFC West is, just in terms of defensively, looking at the front sevens of both the Rams and the Forty ers 
I think like piece wise, having the team, and it's going to be a rebuild year, obviously, but I still think that the team overall is in a better position for me in Seattle than it was in Denver, which is why I still think it sucks that he left Denver, but I understand he wanted the money and he wasn't getting any younger. True. So doing that rebuild, I think the Seattle Seahawks are going to finish 7 and 10. How is that a rebuild? I mean, it's a losing season. A rebuild to me means you're going to get max five wins. Five wins and below means total strip down, rebuild, like the Bears. Strip down, rebuild, you suck. If you're getting five wins or less, your team sucks. You don't give them seven and ten. That's and back in the and now because there's an extra game, it looks worse than what it is. But seven and ten, seven and nine, some years that's one a that is actually one in a division. In some years, that has actually got you into the playoffs. So how is this a rebuild? Yeah, but but, but when you think of the Pete Carroll era, like outside. Like excluding so last year when they went seven and ten, outside of the first season twenty ten when they actually went to the playoffs at seven and nine, mm-hmm. and then that following year when they went seven and nine and finished third in the NFC West, every other season has been at least nine wins. Right, and most of them have been, you know, double digits. And you know, twenty seventeen was the nine win season. Everything else was ten, eleven, twelve. So in that sense, when you are you know, twelve and four. When you're eleven and five, ten and six, nine and seven over the past four seasons, and then last year really being kind of rough in a lot of ways. I think I say rebuild just because it's the now after Russell Wilson era. Mm-hmm. Like this is Drew Locke at the quarterback, where we're still unsure of who the is Drew Locke as the quarterback. Like, we don't know what he can be. But can that really fit their system, though? Because, as I've said, I've said before, Pete Carroll wants the team to be in his kind of his vision. Defense, running the ball, and a sufficient quarterback that doesn't lose the game. And in those Super Bowl years, that's what Russell Wilson was. Can we say he was a superstar? I don't know. He was but a star for sure. Yeah, I don't. He, I don't know if he was on that Brady Peyton Manning level at the. And those were the guys that were the stars then. When he, or you know, obviously he's been around what ten, twelve years now in the league almost. I mean, mm-hmm. so that's what Pete Carroll wants. I don't, and I think as. Last year happened. It was more we're keeping the we're going to be passing a lot. It's more Russell's team. But if you really look at it, was it really Russell's team when they won those super when they won that Super Bowl and then ended up losing to um the Patriots and the other one? Which, by the way, they probably should have ran the ball. They probably should be a two time Super Bowl champion, even though that play call is, is still baffling years later. But the fact of the matter is, Pete Carroll's always been defense, ball control, and then a quarterback that is mistake-free. So if, if that's where it looks like Seattle is going. Will they have a defense like the Legion of Boom? Probably not. I mean, that was just once-in-a-lifetime defenses, like the Steel Curtain or something like that. But Drew Locke seems to me like he's the type of quarterback that uh, Pete Carroll wants. You're going to hand that ball off a lot. You're only going to probably pass 14 to 20 times in a game. Yeah, and, and I can see that. And I think kind of as I'm thinking about this being a rebuilt team, like they are trying to be more defensive heavy. We're seeing a lot of real estate invested in the defensive side of the ball. But I think at the same time, because you are rebuilding, trying to catch that lightning in the bottle, towards the tail end of the Russell Wilson era, you still got to make sure guys like DK Metcalf get fed, guys like Tyler Lockett, guys like Marquise Goodwin, like who, like these veterans that you're bringing in as kind of receding options, thinking about one of the former Rockets, Cody Thompson. Like, I understand, like, they're still going to try to be run-oriented, right. having that, you know, that, 
cavalcade of running backs back there. I, I just still think, is Drew Locke a, a good enough game manager to really kind of not force any turnovers when he has to make those decisions, when it's, you know, a third and seven, a third and eight, and you have to throw the ball. That's where I think Seattle's going to struggle, not being able to have a Russell Wilson back there who has the veteran savvy to not make those mistakes, to be able to get those first downs. I think, and we saw a lot of it one when Drew Locke was in Denver. Like he's He's got the ability. It's just when it comes to the execution, there were more times than not that you're left wondering, oh, like I wish somebody else, like, you know, could he have made a better throw? Could he have made a better decision? Like those kinds of small things. And I think that's going to be, at least for me, the difference between like them being a five-win team and a seven-win team. Because I think the defense is going to bail out the offense for at least four of those wins. Mm-hmm. And there are going to be a couple games that are going to be ugly. But, yeah, I, I think defense is going to be the bread and butter. And like you said, if Drew Lock can just not screw up the joint, <laughs> do the bread and butter – I think this team is going to be, I think, like I said, it's going to be another 7-1 seven, seven season, but looking more upward rather than kind of falling further and further down right. in the NFC listings. Okay, yeah, I, I, I totally, I, okay, keep going. So they're going to be 7-10, and 10, Cardinals 5-12. and 12. Uh, What's next? Uh, we got the San Francisco 49ers, the new era. I, I mean, I guess new era. We, no one knows what Jimmy Garoppolo is going to do. Well, he's um, not going to be with the with the, the Niners, so it's Trey Lance, so it is kind of a new era. Yeah. So we'll, we'll be interested to see. I just think, again, it's another team that is built around defense. It is It is defense, defense, defense. It's going to be... Another team where the defense is going to bail them out. like And obviously with Trey Lance being new and young and I don't want to say the weight and the expectations are going to be on him, but the weight and the expectations are going to be on him because he he was picked to be the guy, the next guy. And they're looking at the offense that they are on. Um, that they had last year that was dynamic. I've, you know, kind of disagree with Debo Samuel getting paid like he's, you know, a number one wide receiver, but that's for another conversation. Correct. It's just like they're good, and I think they're a solid team. They just, we just don't know what to expect from Trey Lance. Right. Like if he's going to be, if he's going to be like Joe Burrow. Justin Herbert, kind of in that model? Or is he going to be in the two uh, Jalen kind of struggle because the athleticism that was so dynamic in college isn't as dynamic because everyone's bigger, stronger, faster. And you're in a division with the LA Rams, and kind of Aaron Donald is faster than you. If you're Trey Lance, like, hate to say it, Trey, if you're listening, the guy's fast, bigger, stronger, and faster than you. But yes, um, I think it's going to be an interesting um, rookie season, like starting, starting for you know first year for him. But I have the Niners going eleven and six and making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So you got them nine and six, you said nine and what? Eleven and six. Eleven and six. I'm gonna say nine and six. I don't, I don't really add up. So eleven and six. Okay. Who who's next? San Francisco. And then, so with this is with Trey Lance, right? This is with Trey Lance. Okay. So now, yeah, I'm curious what Jimmy Garoppolo like where he's going to end up. Like a lot of people are saying, come to Pittsburgh, which would just be the stupidest decision. I just people just need to stop that. Mm-hmm. You know what? Throw him. At, Send him to Chicago. Screw it. <laughs> he he went to you know, Eastern Illinois, from Illinois. Right. Home, you know. 
just you know, just throwing it out there. I don't know Virginia Liskey. Yeah, I don't know how Justin Fields would feel about that, but you know, take a flyer. Right. Keep going. Yeah, at the top of the West, the LA Rams again. The beast of the NFL, the reigning, defending Super Bowl champs. And they're just going to continue to get better. I don't... The only question I have is, we saw this kind of lightning in the bottle with Jared Goff. Mm -hmm. You know, one great season where everything comes together, quarterback and head coach, everything is great. And then... Now... Now Jared Goff got replaced for Matthew Stafford. Right. And Matthew Stafford is the ultimate game manager. Like, I hate – I know people in Detroit are going to be like, oh, he's not a game manager. Look how great he was. Like, in Detroit, he was basically a game manager. We just didn't see it because he didn't have the weapons around him. Now, what do you think? Well, I don't know. It, it, Matt Stafford, I have to see where his – because some people are saying he could be a possible Hall of Famer. It's just that he no. was a bad okay. organization. Now, you're right. I, I, but I think his right now his story's still being written. I don't ever say the Hall of Fame talk yay or nay until someone's career is totally finished and, and written. Um, but you got to admit now, some people would say that Aaron Donald really won that Super Bowl, and as you said, it was a game manager, and 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 he didn't really just help win. You know, he didn't be like a elite quarterback and lead him to a victory. But you got to think about this. If the Rams, if he has another really good season, he's had some excellent stats, and they get to the Super Bowl and win it again, he's going to be creeping into that Hall of Fame talk. No, I think like if you look at it statistically, yes, mm-hmm. because he's you know five yards away from fifty thousand. Yep. You know, like so he's he's at those benchmarks, and he has the ring that definitely helps kind of in any of these conversations. I just think for me, we're in this era because we're in a pass happy, um, pass happy league now, where these stats are going to be so equated to where if you have like fifty thousand yards in a passing league, isn't the same. Yes, it is. Now yes, as it, it is. is, yeah. Come on, David. It's is it part though? of the. It's part of the era, man. You, that's what I'm saying. It's just like. You, you, you're putting these these the, the 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 ramifications on him and saying that well because it's a pass happy leaf he's he, he's talented enough to make the passes if you if let's face it he was an upgrade over Jared Goff wasn't he so he has I mean, talent yeah. yes and, yeah. he, and even though it's a pass happy league Jared Goff ain't getting those type of numbers is he. You, well, you, I mean, he doesn't have the longevity, but like trajectory wise. Think about it. I mean, think about it. How many quarterbacks are getting these these numbers? You're acting like is Mitch Trubisky getting those numbers? No. I mean, come on, David. It's a pass happy league. You got to have the talent to make it. If not, you're getting cut and put on the bench. So you can't yeah, but- really you can't really slight the man because the league has changed. I mean, yeah, this is his era. I mean, just like every player is different in each era with the three point shooting and everything. There's guys that say that who played in the '90s, uh, we could probably have as many three pointers if as much as Steph Curry if we played in the in the era that they allowed the three ball today. Could that be a possibility? Maybe, but it's not. So. You play in the air that you play in, and if you are able to put up the numbers comparable to other Hall of Fame quarterbacks in your era, then you're a Hall of Fame quarterback. If he's tops on the list and getting the 50,000, and so is Peyton Manning, and, and so is Drew Brees, you got to put him in there. It, it, now, I can understand if it was like everybody blow Joe was getting these numbers, then I'd be like, okay. But not everybody's getting the numbers that Matt Stafford is putting up. And, yeah, you know, David Parker from the former Detroit Free Press, I believe, or Detroit News, whatever, was calling him Matt Pafford and all that stuff. It just makes me wonder if if he if he's not a Hall of Famer, didn't do, what about Eli Manning? I mean, for me, like, Eli, obviously people are going to be, you know, Pittsburgh, do I think Ben is probably, I mean, with the numbers and everything, because he's got two rings, They'll probably put him in, but I don't. When I think of Hall of Famers, I think of changing the game. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I totally because I mean, I guess that'll be a now this will be a debate um, for next week's show because of Deion Sanders and what he said about now it's going from the Hall of Fame to the Hall of Good. And I yeah. mean, we don't so, want to get off topic here with the divisional stuff, but I you you got to admit that um, Matt Stafford is borderline. I wouldn't say he's 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 there. a lock. He's a lock. No, but I want I want to see his career stats here. Okay. He was 12 and five last year. Um, he's got 49,995 yards career wise, 323 touchdowns, 161 interceptions. Last year he had 4,886 yards. I mean, okay. Let's the, the, in Detroit just, they just the, he was just awful. The, the the organization's just bad. I think his his career is tainted because he was in Detroit. Put him anywhere else, and he has a couple Super Bowls with this stats. You're saying he's a Hall of Famer? Yeah, but I I just think kind of when I look at that those Detroit years, and we like we watched them, like they were down so much that they had to throw the ball. There was no run game, so like you could even say using that. In Detroit, he was, you know, put up, you know, 4,000-yard seasons because, they one, they had no running game, and any Detroit person will tell you that. But, two, they were down so much that he had to throw just to – that's why he was averaging, you know. But did he make the completions? Did he make the throws? I mean, I, 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 mean, I, I just don't understand why it's like it always has to be these, these you know, but he didn't have a run game, so that's why he got all the numbers. That's, yeah, that's even more pressure there, David. The team knows you have no run game. They know you're going to pass. And you're still getting the yardage. Come on, think about that. You've played football. You know that the run game stinks. We're not stacking the box. We're going to probably play either this zone coverage or we're going to man up if we got the, we actually have the corners to do it. Double teaming your best receiver in Megatron. And let's face it, he had Megatron. He didn't have much else. Yeah, I mean, like, like I understand, like I agree and understand what you're saying. I'm just, you know, kind of the flip side because he had so many attempts in the season. You know, you know, we're averaging 600 to 2012 a year when he had 727 attempts. Like that's like that's crazy to think about. Just not even just in college, like professional, but just in any kind of 16 game seasons to throw the ball that much. It's just, yeah, that's where I'm kind of, and we'll we'll have this conversation and bring up, you know, Dion and kind of the Hall of right. Fame versus Hall of Good. Right, I understand yeah, that. Yeah, I, statistically I, wise, like if you just look at bare numbers, which a lot of people do, yes, he's right there. If he has one more solid, you know, pushing five thousand yard season, forty touchdowns like he did last year with the Rams, yeah, a lot of people will say, hey, one more ring, you're in that. You know, is Matt Ryan, Manning, Philip Rivers. Is Matt Ryan like, a, a Hall of Famer? I mean, if Dan Marino got in with no ring, then, and again, similar like that, I can, whatever Matt Stafford does and Matt Ryan, just because we just, like, I've linked them so much over the years. Like I feel like Matt Ryan's going to get in just because of the numbers, because he had Julio Jones, and it's like, yeah. I mean, now obviously, some people say that Matt Stafford was only one-time Pro Bowl. He was a 2011 AP Comeback Player of the Year. I have to see if he gets a couple more years. Let's say he throws in another ring. <laughs> If he plays two or three more years and where he's averaging, what he's averaging, he's going to get up there to 60,000-something yards, which then he would surpass Phillip Rivers. To me, personally, I think the Hall of Fame, in all the Hall of Fames, because we have this problem in basketball, that it has to be the ultimate long-term career where you had long-term dominance. As you know on this show, I figure, I said that Tracy McGrady wasn't a Hall of Famer. 
I think Tracy McGrady getting into the Hall of Fame, I'm not trying to go off the subject here, then opened up the floodgates for then you got to say, well, you got to get Grant Hill in because he had six fantastic years and he was killing till injuries. You got to get in Chris Webber and this and that. Sometimes great players like a Chris Webber, like a Chris, you know, like a Grant Hill don't get in the game to the Hall of Fame. Now, a little bit of a difference is the Basketball Hall of Fame puts in the college careers too. So Grant Hill and Chris Webber might get that slight edge because they had great college careers. But at the same time, though, Tracy McGrady played a long career and he had a short stretch where he was really dominant. Yes, it was great, but it wasn't to the point where it was like, wow. And that's what I think that the wow factor is leaving the Hall of Fame. And I think that's in all sports. That's just like um, Terrell Davis. Terrell Davis was just like a meteorite. He came in, boom, and then he was gone because of injury. Should he be in the Hall of Fame? A couple Super Bowls, and he was probably one of the dominant, most dominant running backs for three or four seasons. But when you put that guy in, that's where then all the floodgates open up. So, to me, personally, could Matt Stafford be a Hall of Famer after looking at everything? Or Eli Manning? No. Or Ben Roethlisberger? No. Yeah, but and that, because and that's kind of the certain, thing, because but, but, of but, the but, selection but, committee. And, right, because of the selection but, but because certain players have gotten in and those guys' numbers have been comparable to those guys, that's when you have to start letting guys in. Now I think Ben Roethlisberger had a has had a great career. He, he basically had basically seventeen seasons, six time Pro Bowler, two two thousand four AP Offensive Rookie of the Year, um, two time Super Bowl champion, sixty four thousand yards. He's actually born a day after me, March second in eighty two. Wow, I'm a day older than Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Big Ben, he'll probably get into the Hall of Fame storied career but then again think about it you played 17 years in the league and only time six time pro bowl and yeah and people are going to say you know like you mentioned the era because you're in the you know brady manning era it's like you had to go up against those two and so people are going to be like well you know why does he only have two rings well Peyton man you know we're having to play either the colts or more than likely the patriots in the afc championship game if not you know, always competing with the Ravens. And so, yeah, like you're going to look at that kind of, I think like the full picture to where, yes, he's he's got the all-time stats, but if you look at the tail end of his career, like he wasn't putting up the same numbers, you know, when he was getting beat up. I mean, and I, then I, the, yeah. I, I really think too, when we get off of this, because a little ranting a little bit too long on it, you know, then you start to think to yourself, now he didn't do do this as much, Mike Vick. <laughs> could he be in the Hall of Fame? Because some people, you know, he only has 22,000 yards. Now, the numbers are... But some people say that Mike Vick should be in it because he changed the game and how he changed the quarterback position. So, I mean, obviously a guy like a Steph Curry is going to be in the in the Hall of Fame because he's got four-time champion. He's going to have a few records, and he revolutionized the game of basketball. So, you know, the, the Hall of Fame debate gets kind of dicey because it depends on what lens you're looking through. You know, you, you, are you looking at purely stats? Are you looking at championships? Or are you looking at who pretty much evolved or revolutionized the game? Or should that player have all three combined? And if you don't, you don't get in the Hall of Fame. Those are questions you got to ask yourself. Yeah, and just kind of even thinking the last two classes, like a lot of people were like, when Calvin Johnson went in, like was he, like obviously, you know, changed the game in terms of his size, athleticism, like, but it's like, yeah. And then even, like, I I think he's like borderline, but when Richard Seymour went in this year, like he was part of that early dynasty with the Patriots, but there's five all pros and three like 
I guess three rings kind of did it. Right. That's what but I'm saying. Like, and people look at team success. Let's just be honest. If you're a champion and you win, you're going to probably get a little bit more of an edge over someone whose numbers are inflated and not getting the W's. Yeah, or a guy like Tony Baselli, where he revolutionized like the offensive line position, but it's like this is with a bad franchise. So yeah, getting back to the NFC West, where do you have the Rams at? I have the Rams sitting atop of the division at fourteen and three. Hmm. So not sixteen and one, but at fourteen and three. Okay, nice. All right, so now we we'll do a, a recap. You you're hating on the Cardinals. So you get that at uh what at five and twelve. Yep. And then after that, you have the Niners, or no, no, you have the C- the, the Seahawks, Seahawks supposedly rebuilding at seven and ten, and then you have the Forty Niners at eleven and six. Yep. And then have the Rams at fourteen and three. Hmm. Yeah. So I'm trying to look at this again. Um, last season, remember, I, I want to see where the 49ers ended up last year. We'll just bring that up real quick, and then we'll get out of here. Last season, the Niners were ten and seven. So you gave them an extra game. Fourteen and three for the Rams, who were twelve and five. The Cardinals got second. And what is interesting? You call. You said the Seattle Seahawks are rebuilding. They were seven and ten last year with Russell. Yeah, I think yeah. This year, this year, like one or two games that Russell Wilson was the difference for. I think this year the defense will take that gamble and make those big plays. Mm. So, if, are just, they are they really rebuilding if they have the same record from last year? They just moved a spot up because you want to put the the Cardinals in the basement. Well, well, and also this is life after Russell Wilson. Like, like this, everyone says the Steelers are in a rebuild year because we haven't, we don't have Ben for the first time in forever. Mm-hmm. Like, it, there's all like I consider like when you're going from a franchise quarterback. We'll see when we get to the Atlanta Falcons in this new Matt, like post Matt Ryan era. Right. Like without that figure that basically was the face of the franchise want at least you know with Ben one things like it's going to take some time to adjust the players the offense because they're used to seeing you know that guy back there right to either bail them out or make a play or especially in late game situations hey we're good we got Russell Wilson in the backfield he can run a two-minute offense we know we've seen that so like this year when there's you know you need a field goal to tie touch you know or a touchdown to win it two minute offense what can Drew Lock do right because now it's like you, you're the guy now right oh okay so that that's the that's the recap where I think that Arizona will p- prove you wrong and they'll probably do good I know the Kyler Murray thing chaps you. Seattle probably have the same record as last season, but move a spot up because you're hating on the Cardinals because you thought the Cardinals would be last last year. And the 49ers improved by one game, and the Rams improved by two games. Okay. All right. And Matt Stafford, Hall of Fame to be continued status. I mean, Hall of very good, as the onset. Right, that 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 is true. That, you're right. You, you got a point there. All right, David, man. So, what do you got planned for the weekend, David? Uh, I mean, it's it's football until February. So, yeah, just looking at more preseason games. Let's see if Justin Fields doesn't stink up the Jordan today against Kansas City. He will. He probably will. I mean, he like I said, a little preview for we'll talk about the Bears when you have them with the NFC Central. Um. I really think it'll be he'll be there for a couple years. I think there this is a team that's on a rebuild. They're the they're the they're in a true rebuild they're forever true, and ever. I don't know forever and ever, but I think the stuff that that uh, Pace and Nagy 
it, you know, I think that right now the, the new Bears management and Eberflus are kind of bringing in their own guys. So it'll probably be a rough couple of years. Hopefully, uh, Justin Fields can weather through the storm. But that's just my thoughts. But keep going. Yeah, I mean, worst worst case scenario, you can always just bring back Jake Cutler. Or go after Jimmy Garoppolo. He's looking for a team. That, that, that could be a possibility if Justin Fields doesn't do what he's supposed to be doing. So that could be that could be a possibility. Um, well, David, next week, who do you have for the preview? Uh, we will take a look at the South. And possibly, if Frank is in studio, next week we'll tackle the Dorts just so we can get his Lions rant in. Mm, yes, 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 yes. We want to hear that. Well, David, have a good weekend, my man. All right, you too. Yep. That was David Man God Harris here on 88.3 WGTs. After further review, just got done listening to the NFC West preview and a little bit of Hall of Fame debate. Went over a little bit. The first AFC uh, preview we were talking about, they basically, that only went for about 20 minutes. And then this one almost went for an hour. But I hope you guys enjoy listening to this. Make sure you always listen to us on SoundCloud and on Apple iTunes. WXUT's After Further Review with a picture of Frank Bastion and the horse's head. We also are back in the studio. New studio in a new location, new building. Not just revamped and stuff moved around and new furniture and new equipment. Actually, all the stuff got moved to Rocket Hall. And the old studio now is a bunch of offices. Anyway, listen to 88.3 WGTs after further review. Like I've mentioned before, listen to us on SoundCloud, Apple iTunes. If you listen to us on those platforms, give us a rating, five stars. If not, just keep it moving and, you know, don't listen to us ever again. But it, like I said, if you missed the show, which is on the 11 to 1 on the radio side on Saturday mornings, you can always listen to the, the podcast that we put up there on our podcast, WGTs after further review. We'll return more after further review after this.